When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. How about Purple Access, actually, presented by our friends, of course, Surly Brewing Company, Surly Furious, the best IPA around, and also by our friends at TCL TV. Enjoy more with TCL. Hopefully you'll be watching the playoff games this weekend, not involving the Vikings, of course, on a TCL TV Zolgad, Star Tribune sports columnist, and my buddy Chip Scoggins, executive producer Declan Goff, here to talk Vikings, Purple Access, and uh, Chipper, I'll just start you off with this, your unvarnished thoughts so far on the GM and coaching search, which has been going on all week long via Zoom. Yeah, you know, I know when they started out, uh, Mark Wolf said that they were going to, you know, hire the GM first and then the coach, which makes sense. And I think when they started interviewing coaches, head coaches too, I think that may confuse some people uh, before you'd had a GM. But I I think it's probably the right strategy. And then my hunch is you get you whittle that, that head coaching list down to whatever the number is, let's say four or five or even less, and then present them, you know, to the GM. And you could always, you know, add after you hire a new GM too, and if that person has some input and say, hey, let's look at this. Um, so it, it's definitely, uh, a wide net. Um, I like the fact that, you know, we always, you know, the, the saying is you hire your opposite. And so everybody just assumed, oh, they're getting a young offensive guy. Um, and they may wind up with that, but I like the fact that they're talking to even defensive guys just because Zimmer was that, that shouldn't preclude them from, uh, interviewing defensive head coaches too. So it seems like a pretty, uh, wide net that they're casting on, on both jobs. So when, when it comes to the GM's names or the candidates for that job, Chipper, we obviously don't know a lot about yeah. people because they're not like coaches. They're, there's not a lot out there. Um, but I will ask you this. What would you like to see in <clears throat> that position? Like what type of person, what type of skill set? Because I feel like the GM job in all sports is really changing because it used to be, yeah. I used to scout and now I don't scout, but I, I still really do. Um, what do you think are the most important qualities in 2022 for this job that the GM can have? I would say adaptability that you're willing to change with as the, as the game changes and not just be stuck in, well, this is how we always done it. And this is the way I do it. And this is the formula I used 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I cut into the business and I learned under this guy, I think, uh, anyone who is, uh, open-minded to change, 
to trends in the game, to analytics, the way the game's shifting that says, hey, we have to, you know what? We may have to re- reinvent ourselves some. Um, and maybe not reinvent, but just do things differently than what we've done in the past. So I, I think someone who's has that ability to be adaptable and willing to, um, I mean, you have your base principles and all that, but just be willing to kind of adjust to the way the game adjusts. Because look at how the football, probably more than any sport, I mean, it just, well, basketball's really changed too with the way the three-point shot has come into it. But um, but just the way the game is played and 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 you have to be able to adjust as this game adjusts. And so I think, I don't care about young, old, age, you know, that doesn't really bother me, but it's just the mindset of you're going to, um, you're going to be in tune with how the game is being played and scouted and all that. Yeah. And I hope that they're, so in doing this, I don't want them to be necessarily trying to find the opposite of Rick. Correct. But I want them to find, cause that, cause my fear and chip, we, we've seen this both in pro and college. You know, we got to hire the opposite of the old GM or old yeah. coach. And, and I totally get that. But sometimes that can mean, well, just because, um, this person is the opposite. They're the right person. I mm-hmm. I think what this committee that is uh, conducting these Zoom in- interviews has to be doing, the foremost thing is not trying to find a person that's different than Rick, but trying to find a person that you can clearly see uh, through this process gets it and gets where the sport is going. Because I'm with you. The evolution in the sport is huge, and mm-hmm. it's in the process. Like, it's not done yet. And yes, so, yeah. so if you're just saying, well, Rick had, Rick did these five things poorly and we want to find, now you do have to find a person that, that can find a quarterback, but I also want you <clears> to <throat> find a person that you actually think is good as opposed to just the, the 180 of Rick Spielman. Although I will say what your, <laughs> they should ask him in the interview process. Of, what's your philosophy on trading back in the draft? <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need another I got to get 25 picks in the draft, uh, you know, the more swings and misses. Uh, you don't want to oh, that that, What's wrong with fifth round picks? I think it drove Zimmer crazy, too. It drove I me crazy. I think we're finding out now that drove Mike absolutely up the wall. I know. I know. Got to bail I mean, back, Mike. I know. I don't disagree. I mean, it kind of became his, his you know, trader Rick, his, his persona. But no, no. I mean, um, obviously, I mean, you know, part of that is you're going to have to find someone that, that understands uh, or has a, a uh, a process in, in in identifying and developing a quarterback. I mean, because that's that's what this league is, right? I mean, you got to have that guy, and and so um, I mean, that's a big part of the conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to, to go and say this is what we had. Now let's go hire the exact opposite. You're going to put yourself in a in a bad spot by just taking that. And, and I don't think they're doing that. I mean, they're obviously. Um, they're smarter than that, right? They're not just going to say, well, let's just hire a young offensive guy, you know? But you can get fooled sometimes. Like, they're definitely good. smarter than that. I just don't want them to get blinded by by a mission that appears smart. Well, and it's um, – the thing I'm curious about, Judd, and, and it, this will come in after fact, is Mark Wilf talked about they had a lot of smart people inside the organization that they're taking their cues from, who they're listening to, both business and football. How big is that, that committee, and how many cooks are going to be in the kitchen when they come, in, or opinions are, are there going to be in terms of 
reaching a consensus on who they want. Because if you have, let's say, you know, six people, seven people, whatever the number is, they're not all going to like the same person, same coach and same GM equally. 100%. And so does the, do the Wilfs, who are they, who has the loudest voice with the Wilfs in terms of this is who they want to hire? So we, we actually had this discussion with Doogie on the, uh, the scoops today as well. And I've got seven names of people in that room. The Wilfs, which clearly they have yeah. to be. I totally get that. The Wilfs, uh, Rob Brzezinski, um, I believe Jamal Stevenson's involved. Uh, Ryan Munnings, both football yeah. guys, both good yeah. football guys involved. Um, Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller and Ann Doppner, who was Brzezinski's right-hand assistant and might have been promoted out of, of that job, but <laughs> she's been around, and I mm-hmm. think she's, you know, she's basically well, been around the yeah. game. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, so at least seven, but you bring up a great point. Who's going to want what and and who's going to push for what? And do the Wills have those people in the room because they truly – value what they bring or or is it so big because they're concerned about their own ability like there's a big difference there between yeah you guys all deserve to be be here and well we'd sort of like to pin the blame if this doesn't go well on somebody else well that but also it might just be them um and i don't mind this necessarily it's it's but them saying basically we don't know what we don't know on some of this stuff and maybe you know, I mean, because are they going to know every football court? Now they can ask the big picture because they've run businesses, and that's you know essentially what that person is going to be doing the GM. But when they're asking them specifics about roster construction and management and all that, are they going to know like the right questions to ask and what to dig for there? Probably not, you know. And so that's where you lean on, you know, Ryan and Jamal Stevens and, and Brzezinski that have been more the football side of it. Um, but it's it's a lot of voices. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is a lot of it is a lot of voices, and so it'd be curious to see because I assume after they finish these Zoom calls with them, they go around the room and get their everybody's thoughts and kind of start ranking these these. Um, you know, these are uh, by understanding these are virtual interviews, right, Jen? Are they going to narrow that list to two or three and then bring yes. those people to town? That's that would be the that would be this. You know, so this is probably going to stretch into next week, I would assume, but. Um. Yeah, it's uh. I, I'm just once it's done, I'll be curious to, and I don't know that Mark Wolf or Ziggy's going to give us the lowdown on how everything went, but if it does come out, like how they arrived at the decision, you're exactly right. I, I keep that's been my main point is what are they doing? Like what what are the questions? Who's asking what? And yeah, we just don't don't know. Um, and look. I understand the GM is their thing. Like they've got to do that. Um, yes. The coach, the coach thing. I'd love to, to know the questions being asked because yeah. like these, like there's nobody in that room there that I totally trust from a coaching standpoint of this is the guy, the GM thing I'm on board with. I think, I think seven cooks in the kitchens a lot, but yeah, you bring up really <laughs> good questions that I've asked as well. And we just don't know. Do you think they're asking the GM? About the coaches they're interviewing, I would hope so. I mean, you know, I, like you have to be. when you're when you're doing those. Say, hey, these are this is the list of coaches that were right that we're interviewing right as well. You know, thoughts on that? 
that list? Is there somebody else we should be interviewing? You know, I'd be curious to see. I would I, hope I, so. I assume, Wouldn't you? I was, yeah, because like, hey, this that's what you're going to be hiring. You know, and it. I think it's probably going to be the same thing, right? I mean, I'm sure they can weed out some of the coaches that just don't impress them, um, and then and then present to the GM. Hey, here's four that really stood out of the. Yeah. How many they interviewed? Seven, eight, coaches? eight right now. Yeah, eight. Um, eight. Yeah, here's here's four that really blew us away and stood out. Now let's go you know deeper on that. And if the GM says, "Hold on a second here, guy X has not gotten a job yet, and I like guy X," I think that they have to be adaptable enough well, to yeah. say, "Oh yeah, no question about it." Like there's this is not destined to fail if they're doing it right. Correct. So like it's not like oh my god it, it but. But if they are asking coaches about philosophy on things as far as game situations go, then I'm out. But if they're just trying <laughs> yeah. to get a feel for the person, okay, I sort of get that. Well, and yeah, and it's it's interesting too that when we when we wonder like what are the Wills asking about, we know what they're asking about because the G in particular, based on the story that Ben Gessling had in our paper, and then. Uh, Deion Sanders saying that yeah. uh, he had talked to Zimmer and him and Spillman hadn't talked in months. And then, oh, by the way, Mark Wilf on that Zoom call mentioning, mentioning communication and collaboration like 17 times. They're, that's I guarantee you that's a big part of what the Wills are trying to pull at, right? right? Hey, how, how would you work with this? How would you handle this? How, you know, that is going to be a big point for them that, that there's not the dysfunction apparently that we, we we sort of knew about but not the depths of it right behind the scenes right what's in, what's interesting about your point there though chipper is the fact that um collaboration and communication is absolutely key to a certain point but collaboration yeah. has to end at some point as well cuz it's pro sports so so like there's a yeah. like there's i a get boss. where they're, i get where they're going with this but yeah. you can't be like, oh, the whole building's involved, you know. So, no, like, no. there's a line to be drawn here, and and again, we don't know if they know where that line is. And also, the, the thing with Rick and Mike is, and look, it, it was pretty crystal clear. It went sideways. Like at one time, it was probably pretty good, and it went sideways. So, like, you can't be totally afraid to. I wouldn't look back on 2015 and say, well, now we see what was screwed up there too. No, so no, no. It was you later. Go through yeah. that and vet it. And, and in, you know, in these leagues, if you leave a, a duo together for a long time, especially football, it's well, eventually going to run its course. Well, that's the thing is like early on, I, I don't think there's any doubt that these guys were joined at the hip and were, they, they probably had arguments or whatever, but not to where they were talking to each other and right. taking shots at each other and, you know, as Zimmer started doing. And so, yeah, you're right. Eight years in the NFL together, it's a long time. You're bound. And then, you know, it first to me jumped out uh, training camp this past season when Mike started taking some shots yes. about the roster. That's when you're like, eh, there's trouble in paradise. And the GM and coach are always eventually going to have a, a slightly, if not a big difference in agenda, but that's what makes the GM job so crucial is, is so the temptation should not be to, to say, Oh, you know what we need? We need a coach who's going to have control of the roster. Like Brad Childers yeah. did. That's the worst thing because that guy's agenda is always short term. So like the butting of heads is necessary. Yeah. So like, that's where it gets to be a very uh, interesting discussion and dynamic. Because you want that. You want them talking 
But like yeah. to think that these two are going to be thick as thieves is a you know that's not going to happen. That shouldn't happen. Well, no, because by definition, there's going to be inherent friction because the GM has to take the long view, the coach has to take the short view. Correct. Like a coach can't worry about five years out. He has to he has right. to win this year, and so whatever he's always going to want whatever is going to help him this year. Well, the GM can't play that card. I mean, that's you know, and so you're always going to have some. Uh, healthy friction where you're like, Hey, I'd love to, but I got the salary cap and I got to think about three years down the line and this guy's contracted. So love you Zim, but we can't have this, you know? Right. Um, but, but it can't reach the point where you're not talking and, right. and that, so it just, it, you know, you're way too far. Yeah. 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 Uh, so on Saturday of last week, seven coaching candidate names, leaked out they've started talking to a, a few i'm going to run through that list and raheem morris the defensive coordinator for the rams was was added to the list i believe yesterday so it's at eight Correct. now yeah uh todd bowles who is the bucks dc jonathan Gan- gannon who was here i think is an ass- assistant secondary coach to uh, jerry gray for a few years the the philadelphia eagles dc nathaniel hackett the packers oc who does not call plays but has previously yeah. and they talked to him on sunday Kellen Moore, the Cowboys OC, who we can certainly talk about, uh, yeah. he, he sat down with them on Wednesday. Kevin O'Connell, who is the OC for the Rams, but obviously does not call plays. Yeah. Dan Quinn, who also talked to them on Wednesday, the Cowboys DC and the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And D'Amico Ryans, who yeah. is San Francisco's DC and a rising young coaching potential star. Yeah. Who do you like? Who don't you like, and and what intrigued you about this list of now eight with Raheem Morris added? Yeah, I'll, um, the Kellen Moore thing after after the debacle the other night. I think don't upset our guy Declan. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, I know it's I know it's one play, but um, that that would make me nervous. You know, I, I <laughs> made us all nervous. Uh, yeah, uh, I've heard great things about Hackett. Mm-hmm. Just his personality. Um, obviously the, the one thing in there is you got one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, you know, that, that, um, how much is him? How much is, uh, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, D'Amico Ryans is interesting. Um, Todd Bowles to me is interesting. Uh, I think Raheem Morris is a dynamic personality, right? That he, he's a guy that guys, I like him a lot. Yes. Yeah. He's, he has kind of that presence. He's got the Tomlin thing. Yeah. He's got that Tomlin presence. Yeah, um, O'Connell, I don't know anything about. Yeah, um, and that one would make me nervous. I, I just don't know any. Dan Quinn, I, I think I saw the quote from. Um, uh, no, who was it? Was it uh, somebody had favorable things to say about Dan Quinn, and then um, I can't remember who it was. I, I don't know uh, that one. He doesn't do a lot for me, but I mean, he has been a head coach. I like so. Morris more. I like Raheem Morris more. That was my um, film. Yeah, so uh, I think Gannon. I don't. I know he coached here, but I don't know much about him at all, so I can't really speak. But um, yeah. I would say Todd Bowles, Raheem Morris, D'Amico Ryan's, and Hackett. Those four kind of mm-hmm. for different reasons. And, and you have offense and defense guys in there. I mean, it's. I, I'm. Not, I. You know. I know people are stuck on. Oh, we had a defense coach. Now we got to get an offense coach and. I don't, I don't buy it. Get a great offensive coordinator and let him be an offense coordinator. To me, it was more about the philosophy that Mike Zimmer had 
and, yes. and, and really being restrictive on that and giving it to a coordinator who was overmatched by the job. So I, I don't worry about the offense defense. Like just get the right personality, the right guy who can manage a game. If he's offense defense, I don't really care. Just hire good, good coaches under him. I am 1000% on board with that. And the thing too is, and Mike, because Mike was so f- focused on his defense, it became difficult to separate this. But Chip, get a coach who also cares about both sides. So, like, yes. he's not he's not one side. And and the other thing is, and this would be absolutely instrumental. I need a head coach who's going to care a lot about his quarterback. I don't care where the coach's training is. I don't care if it's. Um, yeah. I I need a coach who is going to not four years in say. I don't really like the quarterback, but he's begging me to talk to him. So I'll do it now. So, so like, because Mike was so defense first, it it almost became this whole thing of, well, you're going to have to pick sides. I don't want that. I don't want to pick sides. I want you to care about the quarterback and I want you to care about the roster, the entire team. And then to what you're saying, the OC and the DC can do a ton of work there. But if you're, if you're going to come in and say, all I care about is offense, and I don't. I'm going to be like, I we saw that yeah. already. Don't need that. Yeah, yeah. And it created too much of a us versus them, or us and them, and in, in the team. And you just can't have that. And agree. I mean, if it's a defense guy, have a great relationship with your quarterback. Uh, here's the thing: maybe don't call plays for defenses. You know, have, leave that yeah. to someone yes. else. I know. I know it's a. I know it's a control thing, and I know they're control freaks, and it's something that. A lot of these guys were coordinators, and they just say, hey, I want to maintain that because it's part of what I'm good at or whatever. Um, you know, maybe think about letting your coordinators <laughs> handle that and you handle the game management and being on top of the whole thing. Yes. I know it's a novel idea, but um, so, you know, I just think it's uh, – like if I was the Wills, I would be excited by this opportunity to find, you know, someone that you feel like is going to be um, coming with a lot of – enthusiasm and just fresh perspective and and energize your locker room. And Mm -hmm. um, clearly based on some of the comments we heard, I think the locker room got beat down by the message and the tone and the way it was delivered. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, a new voice and particularly if it's someone with a, with a big presence like a Raheem Morris or um, I don't know these other guys' personalities, but I think I've heard that from about Raheem Morris. I think it'll energize the players too. You know, oh, absolutely. I think, I, I think it'll be, I think they'll embrace it, you know? Absolutely. So, so I, I think there's a couple of things that can be learned here also from the recent um, GM or Pobo searches by the Wolves and Wild Chip. One is this one. As far as the committee goes in trying to choose probably way, way more the GM than the coach, don't get fooled. So like, don't, yeah. like, you've got to do background work, which I hope that, that they, and I'm, I'm talking about high level background work. Not FBI, calling, get the, yeah, get, you know what? <laughs> there, there are former FBI executives employed by sports teams. I would hire one. I would dig through every bit of a trash can. Like, I'd be going through everything. I'd be going through everything. You know, don't call is don't call the candidates mom. Hey, yeah. is Tommy a good kid? He's I the greatest him. guy ever. I love, love him. him. And, don't yeah. call, and don't call the employer that the guy just worked for and trust him because the first thing that employers yeah. do is like, oh, Chip Scoggins is the best, the best we've ever had. It's like, I can't wait to get rid of Chip. <laughs> so that's the first thing um, yep. because Gerson fooled him. 
Yeah. And look, Gerson built a pretty nice roster. I'm not ripping that, but he fooled him. Yeah. Personality yeah. wise. Yeah. And, and and the way he managed the the way he conducted Absolutely. It. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The second treated people. The yeah. second thing with the wild. Well, or to, or yeah, treat treated people both ways. So. I, I shouldn't have turned on my microphone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Which which side Declan you talking about here? The, Declan, which, Declan. You're talking about the fellow employees or the fellow employee? Um as far as the wild goes, I think that we can learn something from what Leopold did. And mm. this is why I'm curious about what Mark Wilf said when he announced the firings of Rick and Mike. Mark Wilf said, I believe the term was we expect to be super competitive in 2022. Yeah. Leopold's biggest mistake when he fired Chuck, not Paul Fetton, was just needs a tweak. Tweaks. Right yeah. there. Tweaks. Yeah. And Billy Guerin had to not only clean up some of Fenton's mess, but I think he had to sit down with Craig and have a come to Jesus and say, okay, we don't have to be bad for a long time, but this ain't tweaks. This is major change. So I hope that but, they yeah. don't buy the GM candidates being like, I, Mark, Ziggy, everybody, I'm on the same page. Just a few tweaks and we can be super competitive. So those to me are very yeah. important lessons that can be learned from uh, from mistakes and then what was resolved from the Wolves and Wild. Yeah, and I wrote about that uh, today in context of, of the Cousins and the three options that they have with him in that, you know, Mark's comments on that Zoom was, when he's asked about a rebuild, he's like, whoa, 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 no, I don't, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to talk about rebuild. And I understand, you know, no owner wants to do that. but. Right. What Leopold did with the Wild, that's you know, with Billy, unlike what he did um, with Fenton, was he allowed the guy to come in unemotional, unbiased, uh, really just take this roster and do what you think we need to be needs to be done, and we're just gonna let you do it. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna take this stick of dynamite. And put it on your tweaks, you know, yeah. um, and that's what this roster needs. That somebody to come in and say, "I don't really have any uh, history with these players. I don't know what they mean to you. I don't know what they mean to this franchise. I can just tell you black and white. Here's what they make. Here's where the production is. Here's where we need to go." And I don't know if the Wills, because they are fans and they want to win. Are at that point. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they, you know, you'll know by their moves, right? Because I think there's probably some some veterans that have meant a lot to the organization that you're going to have to make tough tough decisions on financially, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to move it forward, and so I'm sure that's part of the. I mean, that's got to be part of the interview process. If if I'm a GM, I'm like, okay, now what am I going to be allowed to do? You know, and, and what's your view of this roster? Because I have a, I want to share my view of the roster. Absolutely. And th- that's where, though, if if you are the GM candidate, you've got to tell the truth. Well, like you're. Yeah. This is going to sound weird, but your most important goal should not be getting the job. It should be telling them what you're going to do. But but you know what? Yeah. Um, I, I think that Craig could teach the Wilfs an important lesson and say, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble. A couple years. Because my guess is my guess is when Bill Guerin talked to them at the same time Fenton did, he probably told the truth. Like, I don't think he, he's a, 
BS guy. I think yeah. Bill probably said, okay, we got some things here. And Craig's probably like, well, well hold on a second. Can't, do we have to? Bill might have said, yes, we do. Yeah, and how much of that, too, is, is owners, like, thinking, you know, I got to sell tickets and we got fans right. coming. And if, you, if I say rebuild and everybody thinks that's, oh my gosh, they're going to be a terrible team. And why don't need to, re-? you know, there's the, they have to consider the business part of it too, more so than, or as much as, you know, roster construction, right? I mean, they're thinking about putting people in your arenas. And so I, I'm sure Craig was like, you know, we, we've been a playoff team and I want to stay off playoff team. Can we just do this on the fly? And it's like, nah, not really. You know, right. I mean, right. So, um, I don't, you know, it'd be interesting to see if the Wills talk to other owners, you know, about, hey, how do you handle certain, you know, uh, circumstances? I mean, I'm sure it, it, it would be a probably a productive conversation to have with Leopold about, hey, you went through this and right. what did you learn? What did you, what would you have done differently, you know, first time around? Because I, 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 you know, I think we're both big fans of Billy Garrett. I think what he's doing. All three of us is, are. Yeah, and, and, and Declan too. Yeah, I mean, I just think he's. I think he's. I think he's a very good GM. You know, and that's he's what you need. The, this is what the Vikings need right now: a strong GM who's unemotional right. about the roster and who's not scared to make that hard decision if he thinks exactly. it's going to. If it's, if it's and, and Billy made some. You know, the the Ryan Suter one. People are like, "What in the world mm-hmm. is it, is the GM that comes in the Vikings? Is he going to make one of those moves where you're like, boy, I don't know about this one. That was.'" This just seems short-sighted. Hey, what Garrett says is what we have to do. Right. Well, and this goes down such an intriguing path because it's also, it's not just about the on the ice or on the field product. It's about the locker room. And so like Bill Guerin looked and saw what we all saw, which is this thing has to be shaken up. The Vikings, I, I don't know if they have the culture that the wild had devolved to, but it, but they need a shakeup, but like they are stale and, and you can't just say GM and coach are new. So go to it. They've got players that need to be replaced because of age and because it's stale. Yeah. It's I, and like I, I, with the wild, I thought they had clearly there was issues. I do too. Chemistry, you know, and I think yep. that's been beaten, you know, talked about a lot. Yep. I don't know that there's that. In the Vikings now, we can you can say have some of these guys are they um, playing up to their contract? Are they going to fall off the cliff? Type thing um, in the NFL, which what Belichick has done and the Patriots have done just been genius. Like, they get rid of a guy a year too early versus a year too late, and, it's, and um, I you know their core, especially on defense, Harrison Kendricks. I mean, somebody's telling me the other day that Daniel Hunter's going to be 28. Is he that old already? Is that right? 28, that's correct. Gosh, feels like he should be like seven games in two. <laughs> seven games in two years, Chip. Yeah, and so um, these guys are not going to be at that level, correct, for eternity. And so the new GM's going to have to come in, and look at those these guys who are your stars now and your best players, and say, "Where is the cliff at?" And we have to figure that out. And we both learned this too. And and it might not be fair, but it's football. We both learned that because this team in 17 had chemistry that was great. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pre-Kirk. But, I mean, Harrison and Anthony Barr and all those guys, the chemistry was, beyond a shadow of a doubt, fantastic. But what what did we learn from 9 to 10? 
the longer that you try to keep the chemistry experiment going, the more it sours. And so, so it might not be fair, but I, but to me, one of the many problems of the 2021 Vikings was they didn't play like a team. They didn't look like a team. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, so I, so I am literally saying, I think that you need to make some substantial changes for change sake. Would uh, would argument be that they did that? That the the coach had a big influence on that. I think the locker think room it, has to be. Yep. And I'm not yeah. saying everybody's gone, but I am yeah. saying I don't. I I don't look at this team like Mark Wilf does and say, man, this team. If you would just, if you would just replace Mike, they're super competitive. They're they might be different, but I don't think that's fair. Mike deserves yeah. blame, but I'm going to yeah. draw a line too. Like and and Ben's story was really good and a great read. The one problem and Chip, we both have written the same type of story before. The one problem with that story is the reader and fan just thinks, "Oh, Mike was the whole problem." Mike was a big part of the problem, but there's problems that go beyond Mike. Yeah, and well, and yeah, I mean the, the coaching obviously that was, but um, I, I, the the problem I think the Wilson are going to have is that they're going to look at this roster and it's like, well, wait a second. We have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Daniel Hunter, some of the best players at their positions in the league. Well, this team should be good. It should be good. Well, your secondaries, your cornerback situations is in shambles. Your defensive line, you spent money on guys that didn't produce. Your offensive line interior is still a disaster. And so you have – you're going to have to spend a lot of money to fix the defense to fix the offensive line interior. Oh, by the way, Justin Jefferson's going to get a gigantic contract here after next year. Yep. And so it there's a tug of war going on where you look at their stars and you're like, man, they got some of the brightest players at their positions. But that's five or six. You have 53. <laughs> that's you have to worry about. Yeah. And and I think it's you need to look at the 53 and not get consumed with the the five or six and 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 fool yourself into thinking we're going to be super competitive. And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you are currently twelve plus million dollars. Eleven million over the yeah. yeah. So that's a problem million. there too. So yeah, it, it's going to be that. That's why I keep saying I. If the GM says, "Oh, look, you guys got play," I can come in and just tweak things here and there. I'd say, "See ya, bye, bang, you're done." Yeah, I yeah. I want to hear a plan, and that plan, that plan need, needs to involve some details that that. If I own the team, I probably don't like, but I need to hear. Yeah, do you? I assume there's going to be a veteran that gets released that you just you know, or two, or two that if Kirk maybe does, surprises. If Kirk does not go, you're going to have to make some substantial moves. Well, even if you restructure him, I think you're going to have to make some substantial ones. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I I think if they say we want Kirk, like Kirk gives us our best chance. If I'm if I'm the candidate for the gm job i tell him okay but we're keeping that contract i'm not going to going to extend him yeah um but if if you do that go through yeah. the exercise of trying to get that cash back to get well, below the cap it's a very very difficult exercise to complete and i you know i would need rob Brzezinski to explain this but they gotta do something with the deal obviously i mean yeah. that's do a balloon payment that, mark that that is that is number two on the uh agenda item is figure out what you're doing with him all right, sir. 
I appreciate it. Um, ho- hopefully by the time that we talk next Thursday, there will at least be a GM in place so we can start to dissect the person. We barely know Chipper. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second here. Chip Scoggins. I almost forgot. Chip Scoggins. Chip Scoggins, what do you need (laughs) to do this week before we hit the football games on Saturday and Sunday? Well, you better load up on Surly Furious. That's that's for darn sure, right? Get Get to your local liquor store or your grocery store. Do not come up short. That, nope. that is the uh, that's the worst thing you do. Do not come nope. over plan. <laughs> yep. Make sure you have enough and don't come up short. We conducted one one Zoom. That's what Chip and I did because we we were like, who can run <laughs> our franchise? Who can come in here? And and one Zoom, we made our decision. Surly Furious IPA. Now I'll talk to you next week, Chip. See you, bro.